and if someone especially wants to see us, you press on the right button. How about this? We hook up all our chairs to a mild electric shock, and at random, uh, when you push it, it shocks someone, including yourself, no, potentially. I think we be able to pick. <laughs> no, I think that's more fun. Is like ah. Uh, this happened in the Simpsons episode. Ah. <laughs> uh, I think I know what we should do. What we should do? Have the the jingle, the tribute jingle. <laughs> Hooked up to these <laughs> buttons, and that should be our doorbell. Oh, oh that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> On the heels of this great idea, you are listening to the Tribute Games Podcast. The Tribute Games Podcast is a podcast uh, recorded within the halls of Tribute Game Studios in Montreal, where we make a whole bunch of indie games and uh, these are pretty much our conversations. We learn. If you listen to this, you might learn how the so- the video game sausage is made. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Talking to you right now is Yannick Belzil. I'm a uh, writer and social media manager at New Games. And to my left, all in gray, there's <laughs> I'm 2D. I'm a game designer. In front of me, all in black, there's I'm the man in black. Uh, Justin Sear, game design and animation. Dressed in pink with huge point dots. <laughs> And a hat. <laughs> Theater of the mind, Steph. Pimping it up. Uh, Stefan, artist. Andy, a programmer. You're what, he's wearing programmer. his famous programming oh. poncho. Yes. <laughs> and, to, and to my right, there's our, our, making his uh, second <laughs> appearance, but is uh, finishing up his first full week at Tribute Games. Johan, uh, animator. Yay! Yay. And in the peanut gallery behind me. Hi! <laughs> we have an audience! Yes! Yeah. Yohan, how was your first week at Tribute? Um, mm, 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 what can I say? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't expecting that. <laughs> it was um, very nice. You were nice people with me, so that's a. Uh, it took you a long time to say that. I feel like you may be hesitating. hesitating between the human side of the experience, experiment ah, and the, the work side. Um, yeah, you started on a big challenge right away, working on character design like first week. Yes, and it's pretty fun because um, we have to test a lot of stuff, a bunch of new new things, and everything is to do. So yes, it's pretty open. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, well, that's pretty exciting right now. We're working on our upcoming project, which now has a code name <laughs> that we'll use to refer to it. Yeah. And uh, what is this code name? Uh, uh, we, we just decided we would call it Space Pirates because that's what we call it. In-house. Oh, I thought mm-hmm. we'd, all, we'd all agree on Digbot. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. We, we're going we're, we're to come up with a random like name that meant nothing, but I know that we would not use it in-house. <laughs> so why not just call it what it is? It's, uh, it's a placeholder name, but it still represents the game a little bit more. So yeah, on uh, we had a lot of excitement yeah. on uh, Project Space Pirate this week because, yeah, as you were looking for something to do, Johan, you started uh, working on... Uh, ideas and iterations uh, for the character and now it seems to be forming around a specific shape and uh, it looks like we're finding what our main character looks like for the upcoming project so would you two guys and uh, Stefan as well talk about that like uh, how do you feel about that I'm excited personally it's it, it's funny because it was super open-ended for the longest time because I didn't want to settle on anything at first, I wanted like the artist to to be in the the process with me. So now we just tried a bunch of things, and we kind of just watched the reactions of everybody. Like I think that one character that we like now, everybody kind of had a good reaction towards it. So it's a good start, I guess, mm-hmm. if everybody has kind of connection right away. 
Yeah. And now we just need to evolve it, and there's a billion ways we can do it. Yeah, the, the tricky part is uh, defining the style of the art, yeah. because it's another open question yet. Mm -hmm. So we are working on the character and the style uh, at the same time, and it's quite uh, fun. Yeah, like like uh, outlines, no outlines, yes. uh, how many colors, what's yes. the movement, the size of the head, the size of the hands. Uh, it's cool. Um, I was glad to have everybody on it for a little bit at least uh, this week. That was fun. And it's cool because, like you said, it was uh, we talked about a bunch of stuff yep. for a pretty long time, and it changed direction a couple of times. Yep. And now this new character kind of helped focus and bring back uh, most of the stuff yeah. we talked about. The best elements so, that we had worked on before. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think this character will be bigger than Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Mickey who? All right. <laughs> well, you know what? You're right. <laughs> The only MM I care about now is Mickey Mantle, because Mickey Mouse is gone. You know, they actually did a survey with a bunch of kids, and more of them knew who Mario was than Mickey Mouse. Yeah. And this was a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. I, think, I, I think it was in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> that goes to show. <laughs> who do you think kids uh, know more about now? Maybe Spider-Man. Probably Spider-Man, yeah. Mm -hmm. he, who's better than Mickey Mouse anyway, let's face it. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> Actually, Mickey Mouse owns Spider-Man. So. Yeah, Mickey Mouse does <laughs> own Spider-Man now. Justin, you've been doing a lot of work on Curses and Chaos mm. uh, this week. Like, so what's happening on the on the Curses and Chaos front as you as we all race uh, towards uh, the PAX finish line? And, yeah, finish line and packs as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're gearing up in a big way. Uh, to we present everything, we're starting, <laughs> starting over. over yeah, exactly. No, no. Uh, we're just trying to make sure that what we decide on to show for packs. Uh, because that's going to be our big flagship this year. Mm -hmm. uh, we've also got our secret project that we hinted at last week. So I guess the real trick now is to sort of manage prepping stuff for PAX, which includes a lot of printing and promotional stuff, uh, building our booth and designing it, as well as finishing what we want to show for PAX, which should coincide very soon with the release, but we don't want to jump the gun and give any dates yet. Mm -hmm. So what did we do? Uh, tying up a bunch of loose ends, uh, finishing a lot of items. Uh, John's still full swing on bosses. I guess that's the biggest chunk that's left. And pretty soon we're going to tackle some menus. So, uh, But I think we're only going to get back to that once we're done from PAX. Now it's just basically focusing on what are we going to show and how much of it. Also, there was a really cool thing that happened this week. We got we, we got some really cool fan art. Oh yeah, from Felipe, Felipe Marques. Yeah. Yes. How how does it feel to see like not only like just fan art in general, but really <laughs> cool professional grade fan art? Yeah. Oh, that I feel, feel threatened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, what can I say? That came out of nowhere. We were just I mean, I in particular was very stoked. Everyone loved it. So uh, you know, I never would have. It's the kind of thing you hope happens, but you never expect it. So when it does, you just feel like really kind of humbled and grateful. That's especially when when. Oops, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say it, it's pretty cool because uh, the fan art was made from a bunch of stuff we already yeah. shown from the game, but it it still really looks and feels like uh, it was made by someone who knew the whole yeah. story <laughs> behind it. Who's, who, who knows so, about all the enemies and yeah, all exactly. the, just like the coolest really parts. Got a, really understood pretty well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the there's... Because you are doing some some art for the game as well, and we uh, we have not shown it yet, but we received the original, uh, the, the box art for the game, and which is 
all those versions are very different from each other, but they all feel like they're part of the same the, uh, cool interpretations of those pixels and all those small characters that have been created. Yeah. Yeah. They, all, they all could be like illustrations in Nintendo Power about yeah. the game. Yeah. That's exactly kind of how we've always approached anyone who's doing art on it is do almost like old uh, Katsuya Terada illustrations because uh, he would just take those tiny sprites and interpret them as he sees fit. And he always added like gnarly stitching and like just so much design and detail that didn't exist on these things. And I think that's something that we all like gravitate and love is just to see uh, people's interpretations of very basic sprites. Because I think that's also kind of the charm of such small sprites is they are almost so small and abstract that it does kind of open your mind to a lot of uh, possibility. So that was fun. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It was very cool to get that art from Felipe. It was, I, I hope more people do... Hard for us. It's always impressive. Uh, we got a couple of uh, questions through the Twitter this question without even like prompting them, which is exciting, which is great. Wouldn't that be awkward if one of them was from uh, from our, our, our audience? audience? <laughs> yeah, do, you, do you have questions? <sighs> well, I have, but uh, like every night I get feedback on what's going on here. Uh, okay. Uh huh. Well, you know one point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Hey Kim, who's the cutest? <laughs> really? <laughs> well, that goes without saying. Yes. Our very own salt and pepper angel. Oh, my God. Uh, Nicholas BK at uh, Sorano Maru asked us, like, well, he wrote to us, like, please write a blog post about the design of the dance move Idol in Curses <laughs> and Chaos. They saw it at the demo night. You might have seen it in our uh, gameplay video that's on YouTube. Uh, our gameplay video with commentary. So, uh, what is the, the dance move that you can do in Curses and Chaos, and uh, where is it came from? Like, uh, what happens around it? What is it? Well, that came about from uh, something that we had read from the uh, Yacht Club games. Uh, they had a post about just their uh, down input command. The shovel Knight. Uh, what did I say? You, you said Yacht Club, but not everybody knows. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So yeah, they're, uh, in their game, when you press down, your character just goes down a pixel. And they wrote a whole article about it, explaining how it's something people love doing. Because in any downtime moment, you can just press down, and it looks like your character does a little useless dance. It has no function. It's just purely... None. Yeah. And it's great. But uh, we decided to do something like that, because, you know, there's not a lot of downtime. But, you know, people would just be, like, running, like, idiots whenever nothing was happening on screen so we thought ah let's give him a dance move you're always looking for something just something to do while you have nothing to do so you either run on yeah on the ground or you jump around and mm. kick but now you have something to do right so but uh, because the characters were so small and it would have been kind of lame to just rip out the same idea we actually bothered to animate a dance and that was cool but then we thought hey wouldn't that be cool if they actually rack up some points while dancing so it gave a, a purpose to the move and because you've got like the crazy uh, point multiplier it actually adds a weird level of depth to it because the game seems to have turned more about like maxing out your high score depending on how well you dance actually has a big function now so that's how it came about I think it should have been separated uh, like dance points <laughs> so you can have style points yeah, yeah exactly yeah. So you can have like uh, fighting high score and dancing high score yeah but uh, something I thought that was fun is Part of the story was supposed to be that like these bounty hunters kind of brought the curse upon themselves because they were a bit too cocky. It's but that but that was the original story, and it's kind of hard to maybe explain. And it's anyway. But I thought that the dance moves because they're sort of like dancing in the face of death and all these monsters kind of brings that back. So it actually uh, has a lot of meaning 
uh, instead of just being That's this fun. useless thing. And it's fun. People responded well to it. I was really worried because the girl does like a, a booty shake. And in this environment, when people are very like seemingly angry about stuff like that, you don't want it to be seen as like misogynistic or like, you know, just, um, uh, what's the word? Like exploitative. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but again, it fits with the nature of it. And because we've got uh, a male pl- uh, character in the game too, we wanted to give him just a, as silly and outrageous as a dance. I think uh, when you ma- show the first uh, le- the male character, Leo, dances, I think Johan suggested <laughs> that he should be looking left and right as yeah. he dances as if he wants to see if anyone's looking at him. <laughs> and I just thought that just adding that detail makes it like twice as funny or charming oh, yeah. or even uh, just really, it, it has a lot of character. Yeah. And that was great because I think that was like in the first moments of his first day. I had just finished doing the animation and he's like, well, what do you think? And he thought, oh, maybe I haven't looked left and right. And it added to it. So I was like, yeah, this guy's going to fit I'm in. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're going to sell dance moves as, as DLC, right? Yeah. $10 a move. Can cut your date for a buck. It also lays the foundation for the movie adaptation to be a musical as mm. well, I think. Question number two. Question number two. Uh, someone, uh, Eric Mailer, at Eric Mailer, says, I enjoy the podcast. Thank you. Uh, and uh, he asks a, sort of a big question. That, uh, what is your earliest video game memory? It's actually when I got my NES. Like, I remember getting the NES and Mario Brothers 1. And, I mean, it's not detailed, but it, I remember getting it and freaking out and discovering those those pixels and the going left or right. It was amazing. Yeah, I, I remember as, as a kid uh, playing my first Mario game thinking that you could get mushrooms over and over and over and that Mario could be like screen size at one point. Like he would be a giant destroying <laughs> so all of it. <laughs> I was filled with hope. And then you get a flower? What is that? He's pretty hippie in a sense. Mario? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's about mushrooms and, and flower power. Yeah. And, well, he's looking for a lot of coins though. Maybe that's not that hippie though. But oh. he's looking for his princess and it's, he lives in a psychedelic world. So he represents the missing link between hippies and Capitalism. Yes, well, and he's a blue-collar worker as well. He's a plumber. And you know, uh, to reinforce the point, you know what uh, Mushroom Kingdom was in the Japanese version? What Woodstock? <gasps> yeah, I, I don't think I don't think hippies punch turtles all the time, though. Well, no, they step on their on their shells. <laughs> Okay. Those drug-filled hippies. Mm. How about you, Justin? Your first video game memory? You know, it's very sort of just general and vague, but. Being a little kid, I always remembered seeing arcades anywhere I went and just being fascinated by them. Like, I think maybe my earliest, earliest memory would be, uh, my parents would curl. Yes. And like, you know, if they didn't have a like baby. curling. Curling, yeah. Yeah, yeah. True Canadians. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> they, uh, they, whenever, you know, they would take us, whenever they'd do like a bond spiel or something, uh, you know, you just sit around watching curling. You don't know what's what. But then you like, see, like, this looks like, uh, like just sweeping. It looks like cleaning. Yeah. There's nothing, it's like, come there's nothing on. for a kid in there. Why would you, why would you do that? I mean, at least as a kid with hockey, players look like they're wearing maybe futuristic armor. So yeah. that's sort of cool. But otherwise, for a kid, there's nothing there. Yeah, exactly. And so you just always see these like glowing boxes in the corners of rooms and stuff. So it does boxes in the corners of rooms. But, but when you're like you know maybe four and five years old, that's exactly what it is. And it's uh, it's way taller than you are. Yeah. And the, the the screen is sort of glowy, and there's stuff that seems appealing going on it, and you have to yeah. step on a on a 
bench or something to get on it. It's, right, uh, right. it's an adventure to find an arcade. I should also say I was with my brother, so it's not like I was. <laughs> my parents were just <laughs> leaving me alone and stuff. So go, go uh, fetch the, the glowing box in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, it's just a very vague memory of just being in places and seeing these like tall cabinets and just being fascinated. Cool, like, box art on the side. Always gravitated towards video games in that way as a kid. How about you, Stefan? I don't remember actually getting an NES, but I, I had one. But I remember going, I don't remember if it was maybe Toys R Us, or I have, like, an image of, it looks almost like a, like a hardware tool shop. Mm -hmm. uh, like a wall... Uh, full of holes and hooks with boxes of game boxes. Huh. Could have been Canadian Tire because for a while they yeah, had video maybe, games, yeah, right? Maybe, maybe that's it. And buying a game there, like I, I just remember the the like the visual of that wall of with not that much boxes actually, maybe like like three or four games and maybe one NES and picking one. I think that's probably my earliest memory of video games. One summer, I. I That's maybe the my most traumatizing memory. I played <laughs> I played the Super Mario World so much that I I think I I, I went crazy for a couple of days and I was seeing Mario and the those uh, those little uh, football player yeah, yeah. enemies. I think they called the charging chuck. The charging oh, chucks. Yes. It was really awful. I didn't play after that for a couple of weeks. For Did sure. you ever come back though? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because it'd be cool to think you went crazy as a kid and you've just lived in this. Yeah. I went. I went uh, completely. Uh, you can't leave the dinosaur kingdom forever. Mm. <laughs> completely psycho, and I still have a, an imaginary friend. So, Andy, yours is a PS3 game. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, So, I I grew up kind of in a household with like a bunch of game consoles. Growing up, like my dad collected a whole bunch of 8-bit computers and like. He had, I don't know, Atari 2600, 800XL, Intellivision, ColecoVision, nice. all sorts of, like, different consoles. And I just remember, like, Centipede or <laughs> Millipede. I forget which one exactly, but, like, I don't know, just, like, this shooter kind of game where there's, like, this bug crawling down the screen. Yeah, and you have to shoot. You know? yeah. And then... I guess a little bit later, I remember, I think at the time we didn't actually own an NES, but we just wanted to rent one for a weekend because we weren't sure we wanted one kind of thing, and ended up like renting that and uh, Kirby's Adventure at the time. Yeah. And that game is still great to this day. It really blew me away as a kid, just mm -hmm. like probably one of my favorite platforms oh, yeah, of all it's time. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, the whole ability copying mechanic is just really It's very cool. friendly too. Like a lot of games back then were hard to get into. That's for for kids, I guess. They were hard or like not looking so Yeah, but they, but they were near the end cycle of the NES and moving on to the Super NES and now it was uh, much more cool and radical. The video yes, games were get, getting so. radicalized. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, something cool. Tubular. I've always thought about Kirby as the number of like unique music tracks there are in that game. Oh yeah, there's tons of like different tracks, like different overworld yeah. games and stuff for every level. That that was pretty much all I had all right. to say. But yeah, I, I probably was a good choice. It was the first game I ever yeah. played for the Nintendo, yeah. or yeah. one of the first. I, I think I played Mario Brothers before that. I forget exactly, but yeah, I don't know. Just 
Yeah, really cool. approachable and fun. How about you, Johan? What are your first memories? Mm, I just realized I'm the secret, the Andy secret brother because my father uh, was kind of a geek too and collected a lot of old systems like Atari or he had them all. Now, it depends what you call video games because because we had uh, you know the it could be a computer game or no 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 tiger no uh, yes we had tiger some uh, but the the game and watch oh, yeah. oh so I I think I began with this. And uh, I remember my father had the Warlord on the VSC. Oh wow! Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. and that was uh, four-player games. So we were playing with all my family, and that was like the Wii yeah. party game style before the Wii. That's awesome. That was cool. That, that's a good memory. Uh, for me, I remember playing games on a computer with an old Tandy Thousand TX that my dad had gotten. And I remember playing a lot of old uh, King Quest, uh, King Quest 2, Police Quest, uh, all those games, yeah. and a submarines uh, simulation game called uh, Gato, which means cat. And um, either and console-wise, I think the first big memory was the Smurf game on ColecoVision. Oh God, that game! I because I remember those big pixely. Yes. <laughs> Smurfs mm. that were still pretty close to looking like uh, the actual Payo. Smurfs, yeah. uh, the Peyo drawing in the cartoons and in the comic books. So I was really impressed that there was something that was sort of a, like a cartoon, but not quite a cartoon, but you could interact with it and make it move around and stuff like that. So, and I remember, I think I mentioned this in the podcast, I remember this being at a neighbor's. And my parents told me that I could not go to the neighbor's house, but all of my friends could. So everyone was inside playing, and I was outside, like <laughs> the my face pushed on the window, Wait. looking at <laughs> looking at everyone else play but me. Well, like, why did you get singled out? I don't know. My parents just didn't want me to go bother the neighbors or something. Wow. So, but I never did end up playing that and magnificent. How old were you? I was pretty young. It must have been like four or five, maybe. What what years are Coleco? Uh, no, it's like eighties, eighty two, eighty three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I must have been like maybe four or five. Yeah. And fun fact about Coleco, do you know what it stands? This fact for? better be fun, Justin. Oh, you betcha, because it sounds Japanese, like Coleco. Yes. In fact, it stands for Connecticut Leather Company. You know what? That's a good fact. That's a good. That's a good trivia fact, and I appreciate those. Thank you, Justin. I did it. Okay, so our last question comes from uh, at Phoenix eight four nine, who is an artist and has an art question for Stefan. Oh God! Yes, so uh, he was uh, referring to the first uh, screenshots of uh, Curses and Chaos, which had the old backgrounds that Justin <laughs> made, and they were much more brighter. So he uh, he was wondering how uh, why did you came up with the idea to make it a the palette of background more, uh, uh, more uh, muted, muted or subdued. There's so most more colors, but it's desaturated. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. what was your decision or process behind that? Wow, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. You know, I just instinct, man. Yeah, yeah. probably. I just it's tried some stuff. Yeah. I, I wasn't really necessarily going for anything at first I just yeah just tried some stuff that seemed right for, to me you yeah. I mean you were probably looking for a way to make the characters pop because they weren't popping as much before at first not really okay. I wasn't really even thinking about the characters uh, I, I really just I don't know I just tried some colors and yeah that's so just how good you are yeah <laughs> no no but no it's true <laughs> well, I, I still don't think uh, I think maybe they I should Go back over some of them. I think the characters maybe don't necessarily pop enough on on some backgrounds. Uh, 
it was pretty uh, it was pretty hard to um, to tweak because uh, like the characters have really bright and really dark mm. colors and middle yeah one neutral bright yeah. color yeah, in the middle yeah. um, in almost all of them so it you can't you can't go too bright with the backgrounds because then you have like half of them won't pop and you can't go too dark because then half of them won't pop and you can't be really in the middle because then half yeah. <laughs> the half one so you have to go like twenty five percent either way yeah yeah so it it was a bit um, it was a bit hard but I, I only I only like tried to uh, to fix that after I'd done all the backgrounds and colors so yeah. Oh, and all of the backgrounds are the same palette, right? Sixteen or thirty-two colors? Uh, there's uh, there's thirty-two colors overall, mm -hmm. and then there's sixteen colors per. for each in each background. But uh, yeah, those colors can vary mm -hmm. okay, in the thirty-two palette. There are a few backgrounds nobody has seen before, right? Oh. Still? Yes, yes. There's. I think we've seen maybe. Mm, Less than half, half. Less than half of the backgrounds, and yeah. we'll probably see more next week uh, mm -hmm. when uh, this this will come out on Monday and on Friday. It's likely that you will see a brand new background yes. for because some of the late game backgrounds are insane. Yeah, they're pretty so cool. insane. Yes, because mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Stefan did the backgrounds, but Justin animated most of them, right? Animated all of them, all of them, all of them. Yeah. which was fun. Did a pretty good job. I just saw this week the last background. Yep, the the boss fight background. He added some lightnings in the in the windows. Nice, pretty, yeah, uh, it's pretty cool. It was fun. I I had a I had a blast animating them, and uh, I, I I still hold my ground and say someday we should do a fighting game because that <laughs> because it's all like single screen stuff with just like slight animations in mm -hmm. the background, and we all love animation. So I'm just putting it out there right now. Someday we're gonna make a fighting game. Oh, well, you you could do a mod for your own game. <sighs> Leo versus Leo. Oh man, that could work. <laughs> so we'll see. Hey, look, if it's if it does well enough, maybe we'll see some funky DLC. Could could there be like a, a fighting game with such small characters, or does the genre necessitate necessitates like really huge, huge characters? Well, I don't know. You look at something like uh, you can have competitive games. Look at Towerfall. That yeah, game pulls it off. Or Samurai Gun and stuff like that. Yeah, it's pretty small. It's yeah, small. but Towerfall has like you have the whole. Arena. Le yeah. arena level element. I'm yeah. thinking about like, Just a, street, like a, <laughs> a street fighter. Like a street fighter, does does that need all those huge characters or could it be done with smaller I've, characters? We've, uh, as small as we've seen it, and Johan will back me up, is on the Neo Geo Pocket. And it works the, very well. It does. It so, I mean, as small as we have them, I don't think so, but I'd be willing to try as a challenge. But just to buff them up, maybe even like Half, uh, twice their size. Two hundred percent. Hey, dude, we're rolling. Yeah. High rolling. Yes. So maybe, but yeah, someday it's gonna happen. Like if you if you blew them up to two twice their size, they'd be third. Uh, how, how what would be the resolution of the game? It would be like hundred. It would be <laughs> no. It's uh, what's two forty by one thirty five divided by two or yeah, doubled up. No, divided by two because the, the sprites are twice as big, so it'd be like one twenty by something. Oh my god! <laughs> it would work on the on an old uh, cell phone. Yeah, still. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, on that great resolution math uh, tidbit. Yeah, maths. Yay. Yes. Huh. <laughs> I hated them then. I hate them now, but we need them. Yeah, we need them. 
And with that, uh, we'll close uh, this episode of the Tribute Game Podcast, unless someone has uh, played something of note this week. Mm-mm-mm. I played 30 straight days, for 30 straight days, the dumb cat game that I mentioned before, mm-hmm. and now I stopped playing it forever. So I, I won't ever talk about Battle Cats again. Okay. <laughs> um, I was very excited. Uh, props to uh, Matt Cap and Tyrone Rodriguez on the launch of Castle in the Darkness. I think I've mentioned it previously. It's just a, a like a side scroller uh, action yeah. uh, game. Uh, really good game. It's let, a, let us know when you've played it. I did. You did though. for yeah. over an hour already, and it's really awesome. It's very hardcore, very punishing. Uh, Castle in the Darkness. It's out on Steam now. So do a little plug for these guys. Uh, congratulations again, Staff. Did you play well, anything? I played a bunch of stuff, uh, but um, I don't know. Uh, Volgar, Volgar, the the Viking. It was pretty cool, super hardcore, uh, retro feel to it. It's a 2D platformer. Uh, I also tried Hack and Slash from um, Double Fine, uh, which had a really promising premise where you can actually uh, hack the code. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember as that. a gameplay feature. I don't know. I didn't really like it. I thought, yeah. It was interesting, but they they didn't actually do any... Well, there's gameplay, but it's not, like, directed gameplay. It's... uh, Open. Yeah, I don't know if if a programmer would have played it. He could have uh, maybe helped me out uh, on this one. I don't know if if you're a programmer, if you can actually enjoy more the game, because it gets really, really tricky and and hard to understand what you're actually doing, because... You're hacking the game. Yeah, you're really going deep inside the code. Like the 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 final dungeon is, you go through the whole tree, programming tree of the game, uh, represented as a bunch of hexagonal rooms. It's really complex, and I I I actually didn't know what to do, so I just stopped playing and I watched a, a walkthrough of it. Like the guy the guy in the walkthrough kind of hacked the game and he went straight for a main feature that uh, just uh, cancelled all the the traps and, and enemies and bosses and he, he just walked straight through to the to the the last bus. Yeah. So it's like yeah. it, you can't you can actually It's hack how the you game make a game into not a game anymore. Yeah. yeah, but but the 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 whole idea of it was was really interesting and fun. I just think if they have um, actually organized some simpler gameplay around it, it would have been nicer. How about you, Andy? Uh, well, I've, I'll just go really short, but uh, I've been playing a few uh, PC Engine games, um, Turbo Graphics, as it's known in North America, which is kind of uh, yeah, an old 16-bit system. Anyway, I've been playing uh, Gradius 2, which is a nice, I don't know, straightforward side-scrolling shooter. And then um, Super Star Soldier, which is another really fun... <laughs> just an approved shooter. Oh, I'm just nodding my head approvingly yeah, here. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. And, like, <laughs> a bit, I recently got a, a piece of hardware uh, delivered that apparently will let me load uh, ROMs onto it. And what? Be able to, like, ROMs? Just, like, put in an SD card and... So ROMs of the games that you own, right? Yeah, of the games I own or yes. games I develop. Oh, <laughs> nice. But, um, cool. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of, uh, I guess, yeah, I'm trying to think. Oh, Persona Q, that was another game that I've been recently playing. It's kind of like a weird 
spin-off of uh, both Etrian Odyssey, like dungeon exploring, kind of in first person, and uh, Persona's uh, weird, stylized... Craziness. Craziness. <laughs> it's hard to explain if you haven't played one of those games. But uh, yeah, really... Are you a Persona guy? Yeah, I really enjoy Persona. And Persona 5 was yeah, recently Well, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. It looks amazing. Yeah, it seems like all the Persona fans are going nuts over 5. Yeah, so. I'm really looking forward to it. Just based on the one cutscene I've seen, or the trailer they put out. Yeah. How about you, Andy? Did you play anything this week? Um, yes, actually I'm playing uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night for the first time ever. Wow. And it's amazing. Uh, I'm just enjoying all the art of the game, all the animations, and that's the first time I'm so deep into a Castlevania game. Uh, it uh, gave me... Uh, I just want to, to try other Castlevania after this one, and that's pretty... I've been playing uh, Adobe uh, Photoshop and Adobe Illustrator to finish uh, freelance contracts. Did you, did you finish it? No, oh. it's never ending. <laughs> so, um, I don't remember when I started. I don't know if I'll ever end. It's, it's a game with many layers. Yes. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Line of the day. Yes, so well, now it's time to end for sure. So um, before we leave, though, I'd like you, uh, if you want to... <laughs> Sorry, that's too good. Just <laughs> <laughs> drop the mic. And yeah, really. Like, yeah. Uh, before we leave, you can find uh, Tribute at Tribute Games uh, on Twitter and uh, uh, TributeGames.com on the internet, uh, Facebook.com slash Tribute on Facebook, and you can find this very podcast uh, on a brand new site on the, at TributeGamesPodcast.tumblr.com yeah. that made uh, by... Uh, Dom right here. He made us a sweet Tumblr for the podcast. You can check that out there. You can follow it. Finally, and... finally use my Tumblr addiction for something good. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, you can find me at Yannick Belzil on uh, Twitter where I just spout off dumb stuff about pop culture generally. Yeah. Dom, where can we find you? I'm at Dom2D on Twitter, Tumblr, and all that. Mm-hmm. Justin underscore Sears, C Y R Twitter. Uh, J G S Buta on Tumblr. Yes, and you're with your uh, the person uh, assisting tonight in the audience is your actual your webmaster, your your, your <laughs> social <laughs> media presence. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. My um, your manager. How do you say uh, a boo? Boo. Yeah. Um, like uh, a, I don't even Whipmaster? Taskmaster? Taskmaster. Taskmaster? No. That's, no, it sort of works, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but that's not what I mean. <laughs> yeah. This is going to turn into one of those, like, shave Executor, those sideburns. Uh... Executor. Uh, Executor. Yeah. 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 Executor. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds... <laughs> Whatever. All right. All this great uh, vocabulary uh, stuff goes on and on and on. Andy, where can we find you? Okay, so I'm Eggboy Color on Twitter and i.meek.vg for my Tumblr. And what about you, Johan? Where can um, we find you and your work? Johan Vinay, uh, Tumblr, and Twitter. Thanks, guys, for uh, being here around the table for this wonderful episode. Thanks you, uh, thanks to you at home uh, for listening and uh, if you've enjoyed this, well, we'll talk at you next week. Yes. Bye. Bye. Have a good week. Bye. 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 <laughs> See you. Bye. 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 Bye.